Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, broadcasting live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Florida, Plant City, Florida, to be exact. So uh, my name is Chip the Block. I'm your host for a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. Let me go ahead and introduce the crew. Guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, we have attorney Anthony Bandiero. Thanks for being on the show, Anthony. Also, Sergeant Joe Rollerson. We had some uh, uh, musical chair shuffling going on this morning, but yes, Joe and Anthony are going to pull the weight of four people today. You're going to see it happen on live radio. Yes. Now, how does that, that's an oxymoron, right? Live radio, how can you see it on live radio, right? But yeah, we there's a video component to the show as well. Look, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP, Gulls, Gunlearn.com, MyMedicare.live, and we're fueled by Bang Energy. A shout out to Brian Burns for the free press for carrying our content. And hey, very special shout out to Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media. We are streaming to three of their Facebook pages with one million followers. So hey, shout, big shout out, Red Voice Media. Thanks for giving us your lunch hour, guys. And our goal is to simply make you guys the most, the smartest guys in the room compared to today's news and topics from a law enforcement perspective. And we're going to go over all the latest news that's happened, uh, mostly over the last 24-hour period. So look, um, I don't know if you caught our show yesterday. Uh, Sheriff David Clark was on, had a had a good show during that lunch hour. I think that we're going to be getting them back. We've got some um, some uh, some people coming up. We got JD Book Savage uh, later this month, and hey, we have Sheriff Grady Judd this month. Yeah, and so we're halfway through March. So yeah, we got some good stuff going on. Um, so look, let's start off with our first main topic. You know, they have a a tendency to be a little bit deeper. There's actually two articles. We're talking roughly about the same thing. These are on policeone.com and lawofficer.com. So the very first one is written by Chief Joel Schultz. We're big fans of Chief Schultz. Uh, should law enforcement keep enforcing traffic laws? So I'm going to try to read through this real quick. I'm not reading everything. I'm just reading the highlights. Uh, but he talks about traffic stops have been a bread and butter activity of police officers uh, since the nation's first traffic laws were passed in the state of Connecticut back in 1901. So it, it was, it's pretty fascinating and educational at the same time. New York prohibited drunk driving in 1910. And red, yellow, and green traffic lights, they first appeared in 1930. Seatbelts um, started in American automobiles back in 1950. And they created the U.S. Department of Transportation in 1966. Okay? So, wow, some interesting trivia there. So, over the years, a plethora of laws and regulations have resulted in safer automobile travel that will that, that we all kind of take for granted today. And are we ready to turn back the clock? A recent survey that showed mixed results from the public on enforcement of traffic laws by police officers, it may indicate a public movement in that direction. So he has it broken up. The first part is like violations the public want police to enforce. So there's wide support for police officers to intercede in the suspected and suspected drunk driving, reckless driving, speeding over 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. Apparently, those are serious enough where the public actually wants cops to to enforce those laws. Far fewer respondents supported armed police officers um, as the best option for stopping drivers and vehicles with cracked windshields, uh, a, a, a single burned out uh, light. Uh, uh, smaller speeder, speeding violations, noisy mufflers, excessive window tent, and something hanging from the rearview mirrors, that kind of stuff. So a significant majority of voters would support revising laws to remove the authority of police officers over minor violations that are now grounds for vehicle stops. Now, these opinions, as well as some legislation, already reflects um, some who have been unaffected by arguments that with the current increase in crime, the opportunity for police to make contact with drivers who may be involved in violent crime, such as possessing weapons and drugs and driving with uh, war outstanding warrants and invalid driver's licenses, you know, um, these arguments 
or these are the arguments that we're making because that's what ends up happening when we enforce traffic laws. We get all the bad guys, and that's sometimes that's the only way we can get them. Talks about impressions need to be made by informed facts. Talks about some really uh, some misinformation that's been going on out there. And then a criminal uh, interdiction tool. So the Supreme Court in uh, Wren versus the United States affirmed that if a car is stopped based on a traffic violation, the contact is completely legal, even if the officer wanted to contact the driver or the passengers in that car for an investigative purpose for another reason. Uh, you know, he just used the predicate of the of the traffic infraction. So much criminal interdiction results from traffic stops for relatively minor violations. And from a legal standpoint, this makes sense. From a, a crime uh, control standpoint, this makes sense. And from a liberty standpoint, though, there is a debate going on and it's in shades of gray. So that's what we have. Look, I'm going to follow this up by talking about traffic deaths have doubled in St. Louis, in St. Louis uh, because police are complying with demands to reduce car stops. But I can hold off on that. If you guys want me to, if you guys want to bear into this. So uh, attorney Anthony Bandiero, why don't you start us off? Man, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. So, all right. So I, I like to say that there are, there are two things that uh, people who don't like what police do for a living would love to get rid of. One is the pretext traffic stop. And the other one is the drug canine, right? We'll save the drug canine for another day. But when it comes to the pretext stop, you, you know, that the, there's a full frontal attack because the, the reality is that they're very effective. I mean, a uh, pretext stop, as the court, Supreme Court said in a, that case called Wren, is not unconstitutional. Just because a cop sees a person who is speeding but also believes that it's maybe the person is, um, you know, up to other criminal activity, um, that is not unlawful. But the one thing that cops do have to recognize is that pretext does not get you a free um, gun, drug, stolen property investigation if it extends the traffic stop. So, a lot of people who do not understand the, the rules of engagement here, that understand law enforcement, they think that, number one, that pretext means racial profiling. That's not what this, obviously, racial, ethnicity, nationality, these are all illegal under the Constitution and the 14th Amendment. What we are talking about is cops is doing their job and not having to go to court and explain what their mentality was when they made those traffic stops. That's the first thing. The other thing, Chip, is I got to tell you, I think a lot of the rub for citizens is not necessarily, um, I'm a former trooper myself, it's not necessarily that they're getting stopped, it's the fines. Cities around the country, including my, uh, you know, Las Vegas, um, have, have, in my view, exorbitant um, uh, fines for speeding, and it, it's turned into a cash cow. And, you know, even when I was, you know, Chip, when I was a, a, a trooper and I was handing out these citations, you know, uh, 15 over, maybe two to three hundred dollars. I was even thinking to myself, you know, I I'm a, a productive member of society and I'm, you know, um, you know, not on the brink of bankruptcy. But even I would have uh, a problem paying some of these fines. And I'm, you know, and I, and I have a gainful employment. So the point is, is that I think if you ask people, hey. If police stopped you because they let you know your taillight is out and that was not, you know, that was a $15 fine or something, you know, or a fix the ticket. Or if you got caught for a five over and it was a $50 fine versus $150, would you be more OK with it? I think I, I think people would be more OK with it. I just have a problem with the fines. Um, so that's my two like immediate two cents on that. But finally, though, um, finally, I'm a big proponent of traffic stops. They do get a lot of people that need to be taken off the street. It's a great tool. There is a safety aspect. You're gonna talk about the number of deaths. Um, I do believe in the broken window theory when it comes to traffic stops. I just don't like 
the exorbitant fines personally. So, so let me ask you something, Anthony, do you think, I know that they did a poll. They they're going off of information they received from that poll. Do you think, I'm not trying to say the poll was skewed, but what I am asking is, do you think that the people that answered these questions were aware of all the information? For instance, um, there's a huge difference between a moving violation, you know, you're, you're speeding or whatever, or you've got, it's a, uh, it's an expired tag or there's a broken taillight. And those right. fines are usually minimal at, at, at best. You're not paying, you know, one, two, three hundred dollars for a moving violation. Like, you know, so do you think they understood when they were saying that we don't want cops involved in the in these non-moving violations, even though those are really the the least impactful when it comes to finances? Oh, that's a, that's a, no, that's a very good point. They probably didn't. No, it's a very good point. They probably didn't understand the ramifications of that. Yeah, because they want cops to do the, uh, you know, the serious stuff, reckless, drunk driving, all that stuff. But that's where people can really get. I mean, that's not only jamming up you for for your liberties, you know, like you potentially go to jail, uh, but also huge, you know, huge fines as well. So, OK. All yeah. right. Well, thanks. Yep. Sergeant Joe. Yeah, I read the article and, uh, you know, Joel Schultz, he's a really smart guy, he's well educated. And uh, he brought up a lot of good points in the article. And uh, what I got out of it is a lot of these people that are proponents of this, they're viewing police officers. The only reason they're pulling them over is so they can get into a gunfight with them, I guess. Uh, they're like, oh, you know, the cops are pulling over for a reason to shoot people. Well, most of the time when you pull people over and I, I wrote thousands of tickets in my career, uh, it was to protect the citizens uh, because the guy is doing something bad, running a red light, he's speeding. And then they're saying they only want to write tickets 20 miles an hour of the speed limit. My God, 20 miles an hour of the speed limit. That's uh, why even have traffic laws then. Well, but, but, uh, but the, the other thing is, is uh, they, they want to stop using another tool that the police officers are able to use. They're stopping vehicles for, for possible, you know, expired tags. If people are doing these types of things, not paying their their insurance bills and this, that, and you know, there's other things going on. But once you start uh, taking that tool away from cops, like you said, you've defunded police officers already, and you see what's going on with defunding police officers. They're having a hard time keeping police, and now they're having to lower standards to get cops. Uh, you're going to have more crime. The citizens are going to be at a bigger risk because that's – that's one of the number one things that law enforcement does is enforce traffic laws. And you can't take that away from them. Yeah. Just, just, just do have, have good discretion guys. That's all we all, we all have that good discretion, but you know, um, that's probably my big takeaway. And, you know, just, there is, you know, when we enforce traffic laws, they are not crimes of the century. So um, get the bad guys off the street, but if you're dealing with a good person, you know, five over. Everybody speeds a little bit. Everybody commits a traffic violation. So I, I like the good discretion part too. Well, we're we're all out there every day driving, and we see these guys just doing stupid stuff. That's the, the people cops. need to go down. Yeah. They need to go yeah. down. And everybody's mad. They get mad. Look at this guy. But where's the cop when you need him? And now they want to take that from him. So, <laughs> all right. Well, excellent, guys. Hey, time for our first commercial break. So we will be right back. You know, Motion DSP has been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years with a robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. Now, Motion DSP software, easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise. And with Spotlight's one-click automated tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters, you can achieve results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction 
It works with video from any camera source using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology that automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, saving users countless hours to compare the manual frame-by-frame -frame redaction. And with forensic enhancement software, it allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super-resolution algorithms and, uh, and uh, enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. You can get forensically valid evidence from low-quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products by going to motiondsp.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, broadcasting live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios. So look, uh, while we're on break, Yes, we're streaming the eight locations right now, including Red Voice Media, Facebook pages and stuff. We've got Sergeant George. He's active, and uh, he posts about Anthony Bandero. See, these guys are researching you guys. During our live show, these guys are just out of control. So, yeah, our, our listening listening base and viewer viewership, uh, they Google Anthony. They find out that he's got a blue to gold, um, you know, his, his company on YouTube. Just subscribe. So, uh, Anthony... Giving you guys a little a little plug there, uh, blue the gold. What do you guys do real quick uh, if your mic's unmuted? Yep. So what we do is uh, we teach legal uh, we teach legal training to all law enforcement. We're focused obviously on law enforcement. We also teach uh, attorneys as well for prosecutors. But yeah, like right now, for example, I'm in Harford um, uh, County, Maryland, uh, teaching advanced search and seizure, traffic stops. We talked about pretext traffic stops and so forth, and we teach advanced criminal investigation. So. Um, we are the largest legal trainers in the nation as far as search and seizure. That's what we do. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's, and that can, that's a, you know, a complicated, well, it can be complicated. I'm sure you Very guys dumb it down for us, but, uh, yep. but, uh, but yeah, that, and you're talking about huge liability, uh, yep. if you don't get it right. And, 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 and for your job, you know, your job 100%. can be affected adversely as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, you can wake up with no job in the morning and, uh, be successfully sued and nobody wants that. So. So thanks for what you do, Anthony. So, uh, you. you know, it's funny you used a, uh, you know, use some interesting words describing the, 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 uh, the current topic that we're on. And we're kind of halfway through it right now. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was an interesting, you know, take on that. You know, a lot of guys just don't get the importance of being able to enforce traffic laws. And sometimes it will look, I, we've, I think we've all located, I mean, and you were a trooper, so you spent a lot of time on the roadway, I'm sure just, just, um, locating a lot of bad guys. And so sometimes that's just the best way Huge. Oh, yeah. You know. It's one of the most proactive ways to keep your community safe. And that's why you can't get rid of traffic stops like they did in LAPD, where you can only stop somebody for, you know, reckless driving, essentially. Um, it's a very effective way to keep your community safe. And so we, but, we can't lose it. But you mentioned the power of discretion. And 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 look, I I personally think that that is probably the 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 most most powerful thing that you've got in your tool belt is the power of discretion as a police officer. I mean, you can decide. Look, I mean, look, you've got, don't get me wrong, you've got SOPs, you've got manual regulations, and you've got all kinds of, you know, you're even governed by law. But however, you make the decision of whether you're going to be arresting somebody, not giving someone a traffic ticket or not, or not. I know that there are, I'm not saying there's not rules in place that help, you know, guide you in making those decisions. Yeah. Sometimes you just don't have, you shouldn't have a decision on whether you do, like, you know, whether it's uh, like drugs, for instance, you know, we don't want cops throwing drugs out the window and, no. and you know, letting a guy off. But uh, the power of discretion. So, so personally, a personal story for me, I, I, I like to, I have a lead foot. I like to go a little fast. So I've never felt comfortable with giving people speeding tickets because I'm a, a speeder to, to a point. Now, look, if they're driving, sure. yeah, yeah. Just, Everybody to a point, of course, game, game on. Right. Uh, yeah. But if I've always felt, and I suspect you guys feel the exact same way, 
if I can accomplish the same thing by pulling someone over, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm pulling over a 16 year old kid. He's got his license, hasn't been driving long and he's just doing something stupid behind the wheel. And, um, or as Brett would say, stupid. Okay. I know that he's not going to be paying the, the bill on that. It's going to be mom and dad, the insurance fees that they go up because of the traffic ticket. I gave him the moving violation. Mom and dad are going to be affected, not him. So if I can accomplish the same thing by putting the fear of God in him and getting him to slow it down without stroking him a ticket that is going to really mostly adversely affect mom and dad, why do I, you know, why do I want to do that? You know, I want to, I want to, if I can accomplish the same thing, don't stroke him, put the fear of God in him and, and, and you accomplish the same thing, but it's even better. And Chip, and that's why I had a paddle with me. I'll just spank him on screen <laughs> and teach him a lesson. Oh, I love it. I love it. So, so. For the citizens watching that, that maybe can't fully relate with law enforcement, you know, we're not all, you know, just bad guys taking away so we can screw with people and stuff and, and charge the money. We take it very seriously. And, and like yeah. and like Anthony said, you know, some of these fines over the years, they really have increased. They really um, have. Some of them it's ridiculous. significantly. Yes. And, 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 and we it weighs on us. Believe me, when we yeah. do it, you know, we don't yeah. like high five each other in the back. <laughs> no. I just loaded this guy. I stroked him. I got him. I got 525 bucks, you know, that this guy's going to have to go down the court and pay, you know, that like, I'm not saying that never happens. You probably have some loser cops that might be into doing that kind of, that kind of crap. But, 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 but Chip, yeah, since, so, since we talked about the citizens, citizens out there, please be respectful to your local police officer and don't persuade them to give you a ticket if you don't want to. <laughs> You know what I mean? I, 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 be nice. I, Just be I nice. Agree. Uh, I yeah. used to pull people. I mean, we're beating this into the ground now, but the yeah. thing about it is, is that I'd pull people over and you look at the car, you look at their situation. And like Anthony said, these tickets are so expensive. I wouldn't want one. And I think a good, uh, you know, just a good talking to a lot of times made a difference. But if the person got mouthy, and, uh, you know, they wanted to be ridiculous with me and argumentative, then, you know, hey, okay, yeah. well, you know, you can't, yeah, you know, sometimes I'd walk up, I go, Do you know why I pulled you over? And if they said, Yeah, I guess I've speed, and I go, Okay, now I don't have to give you a ticket. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, tickets are ridiculous. But yeah. in St. Louis, like the article said, getting back to that, uh, they stopped doing this and their traffic fatalities doubled. Right. And that's what's going to happen. People are going to know they're not going to get stopped, they're going to drive more recklessly, and it's going to endanger the citizens. And that's who's going to end up paying the price, the citizens. Yeah. So, so I don't have to read the article now because Joe just pretty much covered it. But that's a good thing. Well, look, they did half the enforcement and the fatals go up twice as much. Correct. Yeah. Um, that would be some, I mean, we can argue for correlation there, you know. So, and there's, there's obviously some correlation with, with traffic enforcement and, and highway deaths. But that is amazing. Half the enforcement, twice the deaths. So let me ask you guys both a question. Um, I mean, we I, let me just I'll, I'll point out that we are t there is a, a criminal component to not doing traffic stops because we're not catching a lot of the bad guys that we, we, mm -hmm. catch, we wouldn't catch any other way. And then there's a death component. I mean, it's just, you know, death and injury and, and some serious stuff going on. But back on the on the bump on, you know, there's always been a saying in law enforcement from when I got in law enforcement back, you know, back in 83, Make up your mind whether you're going to give someone a ticket before you pull them over. Um, do you believe – I'll let you know how I feel. What do you guys think, Joe Joe, and Anthony? Um, you know, sometimes I, I pretty much said, yeah, this guy's getting a ticket. Yes or no? But then when I walk up to the car, ah, I change my mind. Okay, Anthony, you're so up. Nice. We got no. five seconds, Anthony. No. Okay. You never know what the situation is. You never know. I agree. 
Yeah, you just never know. Let let them explain themselves to you and then assess. Commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys. Hey, we're going to talk about Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo. And look, Leo stands for law enforcement officer, right? But it lets them know that you're coming, you know, from us, from Leo Roundtable. So look, Gauls, look, they are the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement. And yes, that's right. If you're paying attention, I said uniform and clothing. They've got a huge uniform business now. They've evolved with the times. Uh, they used to have these big, thick catalogs, Gauls Law Enforcement Supply. Now they're, man, Gauls.com slash Leo. Huge online presence. They do uniforms for agencies. Even my former agency, Tampa Police Department, has got the Gauls office right in the main lobby. And we've gone through a couple companies at Tampa Police Department, but they're very happy with Gauls. They also have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty belts and tactical gear. I think they pretty much have everything, really, but, uh, but, uh, but firearms and ammunition. So, look, if you're... Uh, in public safety or friend or family or loved one is, uh, check out galls.com slash Leo, especially for gifts. You'll be very glad that you did. All right, guys, and welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, broadcasting live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Florida. So let's move over to Police One. We have a fired Florida police chief hired to boost diversity. He files a $10 million wrongful termination lawsuit. So we are in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, so Larry Scarado, he's the one-time Fort Lauderdale police chief. He was fired after six months being on the job. He's filed a federal lawsuit against the city claiming wrongful termination, and he's seeking a jury trial of damages approaching $10 million. So he was hired partly to help boost diversity in Fort Lauderdale um, in the police department, and he was fired in March 2022 under allegations that he promoted minority officers based on skin color. So I remember when the story came out. Um, his, uh, what they're calling swift termination created a media storm and there were headlines at news outlets worldwide. And so he's saying that I'm doing this to leave my, to, to have my name cleared. And this is what he told the uh, South Florida sun Sentinel. As long as the city is saying I violated equal job opportunities law, then my name will forever be tarnished. And he's 49 years old. He was the department's first gay chief. He's, uh, also biracial, the son of a white mother and black father. The federal suit, I don't know why they throw all that stuff in there. I guess that, you know, sensationalizes it. The federal suit accuses Fort Lauderdale of launching an unwarranted and retaliatory investigation against him and firing him for refusing to participate in the department's, quote, racist and prejudicial promotion hiring practices, unquote. Uh, in, in the story, it does say that he was running it by the powers that be and that everybody else was on board with him. But this is the lawsuit. This is what's happening. Sergeant Joe. Um, I'll go over the common sense portion of this and I'll let Anthony do the legal aspect of it since he's a lawyer. But, uh, you know, this this could be very easily um, avoided at every department. You have one test, one list, the top people who who come out on top of the list. Those are the people who are promoted first. Uh, They want equity. They want equal opportunity, and but yet they don't want to have the same list. I know at our department, we had, I don't know how many, we had three, four, five different promotional lists. And uh, I, I know the list that I was on, I would come out on top and, uh, you know, somebody else way below me would get promoted first. And this this has got to stop, uh, in my opinion, throughout the, the, the United States, because you're going to have these types of situations come up. And it needs to be one list, one test, because we all do the same job. And if we're a supervisor, we have to know what's right and wrong and what the policies and procedures and the laws uh, affect 
the police department are, but we're promoting people based on skin color and ethnicity or their sexual preference. Um, just take the test, just take the test and study. Yeah. How nice would it be if they left that information off the test, huh? off the test results? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you go to take the test and you're checking your ethnicity on it. I, I never understood what that, what, why that even mattered. Yeah, don't put names on the test results um, or anything else except yeah, for the, the you know top the scores. scores, top scores. Yeah, just who who is uh, have a number when you take the test. So I mean, I, I think uh, some agencies are doing that. Like they're actually you know having blind evaluators you know evaluate the test results. There, maybe if there's a written portion and so forth. Uh, but you know, as you know, as you know, Joe, as you go higher in the ranks. Um, politics becomes part of your uh, merits, right? To get promoted. Absolutely. So, but that's, you know, that's part of the process. I mean, politics, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to select a, a deputy chief, it's not going to just be a test. It's also going to be their political influence and so forth. And that's fine. I, you know, we can't, we can't really, that's not illegal by the way, but it Absolutely. is illegal and it violates people's rights when we include um, demographics of a person, you, you know, what the, what the court would say, immutable characteristics, there are certain things about me that I, I have no choice over, right? My, my race, my, my gender and so forth. So I should not be promoted or not promoted because of my immutable characteristics. It violates my rights, but also vice versa. So no, I, merit, merit's the way to go. Um, but diversity is a laudable goal. You go to you know, different areas of your town and you encourage your, your, uh, your citizens to apply for law enforcement and you give them the, the, um, the, 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 the you know, some of the resources to pass the test and so forth. But that's, that's as simple as that. You don't, you don't, you don't give people extra points for immutable characteristics. That's what the law requires. All right. Excellent guys. Look, moving along, let's hit rumble. The channel is, this is butter. And I think it's the best law enforcement video channel out there. So look for our podcast and radio listeners. We'll describe in great detail what's going on. So you don't feel like you're missing out on anything because really today, almost every news story has got a video component to it. So this one's uh, titled Farmington PD releases a body cam video that captures a barrage of gunfire that killed a 25-year-old named Chase Allen. So you have a fraudulent passport? No. Wonderful. That's what I'm hearing. Okay, step out of the car for me. No. Sir, step out of the vehicle no. right now. I am not required to. Step out of this vehicle right now. We're going to have an issue where Step out of the car right now. Step out of the car. We're going to break the window and pull you out. Step out of the car. Gun, 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 gun. Sarge, step back. Sarge, step back. Sarge, step back. Shots your fucking hands! Show us your hands! Show us your fucking hands! Here, I'm gonna go. Keep them on gun. Keep them on gun. Keep them on gun. Okay, I'm coming up. Coming up. Closing here. Closing here. And in my notes, I have, don't be a chase. <laughs> so you'll find out why. Bad guy's name is Chase Allen. Don't be a chase. All right, so Farmington Police, they're in Utah. They released this body cam footage on Wednesday. Captures a barrage of gunfire. Kills this 25-year-old guy during a traffic stop last week. Yes, I said traffic stop, which is what took up the first you know, half of our show. Chase Allen, he's uh, pulled over by Farmington police officer on March the 1st. It's 3.20 in the afternoon. An officer spots an illegal license plate, a placard with a flag on Allen's blue BMW. Is this not what we just talked about, how these things 
how these things happen where we get criminals to this way. So officers, they start to, to shoot after they see Allen reach down, but also said that it's unclear exactly what happened in those brief seconds because the body camera's view is unclear. So the footage, and they use a compilation of uh, video from, they got five body-worn camera videos. They've got a, a single a dash cam. They show them police, um, a police car following Allen's BMW, at least he's got good taste in cars, into a parking lot. The officer parks behind Allen's car, walks over to it, taps on the driver's window. So Allen cracks the window, and he's holding a cell phone. And the cop goes, hey, the reason you were stopped today is there's no registration on your vehicle. This is what the officer tells Allen in the video. And uh, Alan responds, here's how it starts off. I don't need a registration, and I don't answer questions. So that's the way it starts off, right? So again, we go right back to my question is, do you decide whether you're going to cite the guy before you pull him over or not, right? So all righty, the officer says, and then he proceeds to call for backup. He knows that this may go south. So the officer and Alan, they go back and forth about why he's pulled over before the other officer tells Alan that he's detained and he's not free to leave. Then he continues to ask for identification. So Alan, our, our, our bad guy, Chase Allen, he can be heard citing what he claims are legal arguments for his refusal to provide one, kind of like a sovereign citizen. I understand what you're saying, the officer says, but you are lawfully required to identify yourself. So more arguing goes on, and um, Alan hands the officer a passport. The officer then order, orders Alan to step out of the car, and then the video shows other officers arriving on the scene. So Alan is uh, refusing to step out of the car. He's still wearing a seatbelt, and he's holding his cell phone. He's saying, I'm not required to. Body cam... Uh, then stops and highlights what police uh, believe is an alleged holster on his hip. And the holster's flexing upward, um, if you see through the driver's window. So Alan, who's wearing a khaki coat and a trucker hat, he still refuses to get out. Another officer warns him that if he does not comply, we're going to break the window and we're going to pull you out. And I suspect they're going to pull him out through the freaking window. So Alan is then seen transferring his cell phone from his left hand to his right hand, Officer opens the driver's door. The video then stops to highlight uh, what it claims is in Allen's right hand, and it, it, his right hand is actually moving towards the holster. So as another officer wearing a beanie leans into the front seat, tries to get um, uh, get Allen, one of the officers yells, gun, gun, gun. So the cop slams the door shut. Five officers draw their guns. They rapidly are firing rounds at the BMW. Then an officer says, cease fire. So they pull officers uh, Allen's body out of the car, the footage stops to highlight an empty holster on his hip, but then it shows a gun on the floor, partially visible under the mat of the driver's seat. And the five officers involved in the shooting have not been identified. Uh, and then four of the officers have been with the department between seven and eight months. And the fifth officer was a 12-year veteran. It just says that the family of Allen, the guy that was shot and killed, uh, has accused the department of a brutal murder. They're saying that they're being stonewalled by the department. According to a statement released uh, by the media, Allen's family said that he was studying law the last few years and was a patriot doing what he could to defend the people's freedom and liberty in his community. That was in the Salt Lake Tribune. Wow. So sorry it took so long to get through, but guys, I can't wait. Uh, attorney Anthony Bandero, break it down for us first. We got about a minute and a half before our next break. Well, look, if he's studying law, he's studying he's studying sovereign citizen law. And I didn't have that in my option in my law school. The guy's a sovereign citizen. I know Joe has some comments on this and I want to hear what he has to say. But um, but uh, the main thing is that everything the cops did was lawful. They gave him lawful orders. I'm not talking about the tactics. Tactics can always be a little better. You know, we can always improve, maybe because um, I did. I did want to say one thing. Um, the sergeant after the shooting uh, was over, the, the sergeant was pushing to that car a little too fast his officers were telling him hey to you know back you know back off sarge let's kind of evaluate it first and sarge kept uh, pushed through and i didn't like that 
Um, I, I thought he should have listened to his officers, but Joe, what do you got? Uh, I agree with you. Uh, this guy, uh, he's trying to use some of his law information on the police officers out there, uh, which he had no right to. He's got to understand these officers have a legal right to stop him and to get his information. He escalated this situation constantly, would not comply, would not comply and not comply. And I agree with uh, Anthony, after the shooting occurred, um, the sergeant walked up to that car. I mean, even the cops were telling him, get back. He um, yeah. he should have he should have stopped because right, he didn't. Commercial break will danger. be right back. All right, you know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com is the first and only company that offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett. Now, GunLearn.com, you know, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that Leo's law enforcement officers need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. And you can actually get free training for yourself and the personal at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledge people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. You'll be glad that you did and take their online quiz as well. Okay, guys, and welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Florida. Um, Sergeant Joe, hated to cut you off there uh, during that, uh, you know, for that commercial break, but uh, there's a little flashing light over my right shoulder here that'll that'll help you out. But go ahead, buddy. Yeah, as I was saying, um, the uh, the this uh, suspect here, he was not complying, and most of these situations escalate when there's no compliance. If he had just showed the driver's license, it wouldn't matter if he had a gun in the car or not at that point. If he, all he had to do was show the gun, but once he started to resist, the officers began to have to investigate further. This kid led this whole situation. I mean, he started this whole situation by not showing the, his proper identification. In fact, he showed his uh, passport and said, this is the identification. And then they said, this is you. And he goes, no, that's not me. But the big thing is he had the window cracked. Me, personally, I would have uh, interacted on this a lot quicker than they did. This officer that was talking to him, had a lot of patience. I would have never had that much patience. And, and uh, we would have got him out of the car a lot quicker than, than what happened. So, <laughs> uh, guys, I, see that, that's, that, that's, uh, that's, uh, I'm a patient guy. I gotta tell you, this is a good, this is why Joe and I compliment each other because uh, we do probably things a little differently. I am, when I teach cops, I do teach that um, slow to momentum, you know, time sometimes is in our favor. I'm not saying, don't forget the gun issue. I'm not talking, I'm just talking about people that barricade themselves in cars. From a legal perspective, if we can resolve the issue peacefully, it's a lot better for everybody. But I also know where Joe's coming from. If the guy's not going to comply, then we take care of business. Yeah, and I, I must admit that <laughs> even from my experience and, and, and most most of the guys in the show that I, that I hear talk about these things, you know, it just, in my experience, the bad guys, the more time you give them, to plan what they're going to do. It's going it, to, nothing, nothing gets better from that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. That may, I can see the point. I can see the point. Well, it gives the guy time to start planning as he's delaying the police there. It starts thinking, well, can I get my gun out? Where is it? Maybe I can move around. And he's not rolling the window down, 
-hmm. and you can't see what's going on inside that car. And I'm standing there in front of that window. I'm not going to get shot. So uh, no, no, we're not standing in front of the window. Definitely not. Absolutely, we're gonna we're gonna back up and we're gonna assess the situation. But no, I I understand that. But I I think a lot of departments from you know, and I do travel the country uh, 50 weeks of the year. A lot of departments are are teaching. Part of the de-escalation is that slow it down a little bit if there's no immediate safety issue. And I do see that. Oh, absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I might I might call for maybe get a backup there, but man, I'm I'm smashing that window and I'm pulling no. through it. No, no, no. I highly I highly recommend uh to not do that personally. Overall, unless you got something specific. I would I would yeah, slow every it down. one of these, like this uh this U-Haul truck and the uh and the box truck before that, all these guys that mow down cops or cars because mm-hmm. they didn't get that driver out of that car quick enough. And that was, and he ended up being non-compliant, not one of the role, or closing the door. Um, so I, I mean, I, I, I guess you can justify it either way. I just, oh. we just cover these use of forces every week, and we see so many bad things happen because they simply let the bad guy have have too much time to plan what he what he wants to do. I mean, you um, have to you evaluate know. that, but but the one thing that's that can be anecdotal though, because um, this is butter ain't going to put on the hundred peacefully resolved barricaded suspects. So there's sure. no fun in that. So out of a hundred of these barricades, most of them resolve peacefully. So I just want to, I just, I just, I look at liability too. And I look at what the, the legislature and, the, and some of the, I look at the big, the big picture. I think that there's value in slowing things down, but anyway, it's. Now, yeah, a lot yeah. of these guys that I get debates with on YouTube, they'll say like, look, uh, you know, they think they know the law better than the cops do. And look, in a rare occasion, you might. Now we got these sovereign citizens that have been schooled by the wrong school. They're convinced they're right when they're absolutely wrong. The law does require you to to obey the lawful command of a police officer, but sure. telling a, but telling guys that are ignorant that it's not good enough because they want to debate what a lawful order is. Well, the cop told me to get out of my car. He doesn't have the right to do it. It's not a lawful order technically. They don't know, but there's there's you know what they don't know what they don't know. So you brain is fried. I know. I know. It's yeah, very so well, the the other I'm thing with this benefit chip. Of people that are listening to the show because you know even when I get pulled over, I don't know if the cop is going off the the description off of a armed robbery or a rape suspect. I don't know if I'm driving a car that matches a description or my clothing does or whatever. And and that's why you need to comply. You go to internal affairs or the state attorney's office afterwards. You have an issue with it. Uh, my my situation, I mean, my, my contention on this is why is he resisting so adamantly? Why is he not giving identification? That brings up my alert flag really quick. But on the other hand, um, a lot of these kids today, they're indoctrinated to resist cops. They're they're told, hey, you don't have to comply. You don't have to do anything. And uh, this is this is what a lot of law enforcement is dealing with today, noncompliance and resisting. Um, and it leads right. to bad situations. OK, let's jump to our next one. We're still on Rumble. This is Butter. Body cam shows an alleged U-Haul thief waving a gun uh, shot and killed by Phoenix cops. So. It's a new body cam video. So we got Phoenix police here. They shoot and kill this uh, armed guy suspected of stealing a U-Haul truck last month. So on February the 22nd, Police get a 911 call. It's 4.45 in the afternoon, and they get it from somebody reporting a suspicious man that's hanging around a U-Haul truck. So officers learn that the Department of Public Safety troopers, so we got troopers here, uh, Anthony. Uh, so 
the uh, Department of Public Safety Troopers, they're searching for the suspect. He's a 47-year-old named Jason Resendez uh, after he did not pull over. So police arrive at the scene. They spot Resendez walking around the neighborhood with another person. The video shows uh, two officers pulling up to uh, Resendez as he's walking. So one officer immediately tries to grab him. He pulls a gun out of his right pocket. The officer quickly pulls out his gun as Resendez decides to run away from the police. So put the gun down, drop the gun, drop it. One officer yells at Resendez and back the expletive up. Resendez tells officers still holding on to the gun. So one officer then shoots him twice. Resendez falls to the ground. Watch your back, watch your back. A second officer yells. He's taken to the hospital where he later dies. No, no officers were hurt. So the officer involved in the shooting, he's with the uh, South Mountain Precinct. He's been with the department for over four years. Resendez's family, so the bad guy's family, previously spoke to Arizona's uh, family saying that they witnessed his death right in their front yard. Family members and, uh, said officers should have used less lethal means first, and there's ways to conduct things, and this is what they signed up for and what their training is for, and they are not using their training. They're not doing it right, and that's what Resendez's sister-in-law said. Remember, bad guy had a gun. Sergeant Joe, we got uh, two and a half minutes. Uh, my thought on this whole thing, and when I watch the video, is I can't believe he didn't shoot him quicker. Uh, he's kind of like what Anthony was talking about here, uh, giving the guy time, trying to de-escalate. He gave him a lot of time, and the guy took off running with a gun. And I was a little concerned that the second officer didn't shoot uh, because the guy had the gun, and he was pulling it and pointing it at his partner. But uh, this is absolutely a great shooting. Uh, the suspect was just I don't know what the heck he was thinking, but uh, the law enforcement officer did a great job. But I, 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 I think he should have uh, neutralized that. <laughs> neutralized that. I'm trying to be. I, nice I don't about know. This. Pisses me off, Joe. This a lot quicker. Yeah, go ahead. You know, you know, pisses me off as a lawyer. Hey, hey, wait, hey, Anthony. Go Anthony. Oh. One of the one of the seven words you just did twice. So. Oh, that was one of the seven words. I'll never do it again. You know what makes me mad, Joe? Is family suing cops when the when the shooting is so righteous? Exactly. I get yeah. it bothers me. And and again, sorry, Chip. I apologize for my language. But it's right. it bothers me, and it's that's so become, it's, that's become the norm today. I, I Anytime hate someone I gets shot and killed, you got you've got people thinking that they're going to make a lot of money out of this. And that's I know what this it's, is all it's, about. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Right. But anyway, that's my only two cents about that, Joe. You're spot on. But other but than remember, that, the shooting was well justified. Absolutely. You know, and it's unfortunate the guy died. Now, Joe, do you think that the partner that didn't take action, do you think that there was do you think that the partner had a problem with his partner? You think that maybe there was a purposely slow reaction time on that? Or I don't know. You know, I, I'm, joking, I'm, just, I'm joking with you. I, I, I just know. I just know I some know. of the guys we, we work <laughs> with, you know. Yeah. Look. Uh, look, I I mean, look, it's anyhow. It, I would have had a good, talk a with my partner with afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe. But look, if, we, if if this stuff never happened, of course, we would not have a show. We'd have nothing to talk about. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so look, look, look. Uh, anyhow, I, I, at least uh, only the uh, only the uh, the bad guy was hurt on this thing. So, uh, but uh, look, hopefully you guys appreciate it. Anthony, do you have something else you wanted to weigh in on? We got about this 15. If the FCC calls, tell them to call me and I'll handle it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we're good. Another, uh, another, another great show, um, Joe and Anthony. Thanks for making yourselves available. But we're Thank not you, quite, Thank you. we're not quite Thanks. done yet. Thanks for listening. So, so let's talk about uh, the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org. You know, Lieutenant Randy Sutton from Las Vegas Metro Police Department. He could not be with us today, but he started the Wounded Blue. Look, they help 
uh, cops out that are in dire straits. You know, they're suffering from, uh, you know, medical or mental issues. Maybe they, uh, their department, they couldn't retire out from, or they don't have any medical assistance for the department, or maybe they're suffering from PTSD. They provide cops with the help they need. If you're looking for a 501c3 charity to support, um, I highly recommend them. They're not going to embarrass you. So that's the Wounded Blue at the woundedblue.org. Uh, uh, maybe you know someone that is looking for a good place to volunteer as well, uh, and they got a cool shop as well. Hey, look, we've uh, recently had America Sheriff, uh, you know, dot com. That's uh, Sheriff David Clark on our show. So check out that website. And hey, um, you know, uh, their line, you know, Bob Kroll's wife um, wrote that wrote that book. Their line about uh, Minneapolis. Uh, they've got George Floyd and Derek Chauvin. So check that out as well. Have a wonderful week, guys.